Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. I want to start with something funny. And uh, I heard about this elderly couple, and we featured some of the elderly couples. Honestly, we went actually to, you saw my face, we actually went to this 70 plus. Honestly, they don't behave like 70 plus. <laughs> I mean, good grief, you know, you go to the youth and to the 70 plus, it's similar, you know, similar. It's like, they're just like into it, you know, like, it's amazing. So if you 70 plus or even kind of growing towards 70, just go. They don't know, you know, because some people look very young, you know. So I thought they don't even, they thought I was 70 plus when I left. So I mean, it's no problem at all. Anyway, so we heard about this elderly couple and they were having a terrible time with their memory. So they went to the doctor and he instructed them to start writing down everything they had been forgetting. The next night they're watching TV and the wife says, I sure would like some ice cream. Her husband said, I will go get it for you. She said, honey, you know what the doctor said. You better write it down. He said, hey, I'm just going to the kitchen. I'm not going to forget this. A few minutes later, he came back and handed her a plate of bacon and eggs. (laughs) She, She shook her head and said, I should have known it. You forgot my toast. Sorry, I know it's love. We did talk about, didn't we? We, talk, we did talk about memory things, but I feel memory loss. I mean, I'm like 55, and I'm like, it's like, you know, it's just, I'm just praying for my memory to kind of keep going, you know. It's just like, I don't want any of this stuff, you know, to heaven. Anyway, it's, it's wonderful. Today, we finish the, um, the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I'm sure that most of you will be absolutely relieved, right? Honestly, it's been so terrible. I had some people in, my, in the office here, some of the staff, and they were on uh, caffeine. One is walking down the aisle right now. And, uh, and they're all like, they can't, they can't, and they can't, get, they can't wait to get back to it. I said the whole point of the fast was that you stop the habit. So it's unbelievable. Everybody's like, back to coffee. I thought after 10 days, after 21 days, you actually are free from the addiction. You can actually let go. But uh, no, 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 no. Anyway, so, uh, so whatever. So they're relieved. But the, ho- the whole point of this time together is that we basically set aside time to focus on Jesus. It was all about focusing on Jesus to be established in the beginning of our year in our relationship with Jesus. And uh, it's part of the theme, one of the themes for this year, which is be, being established. Being established in the ways of God, the word of God, in our lives, being established in, in the Christian life. And so we want to align ourselves to Jesus. Surely that's the most important and the first thing we do. Jesus says, abide in me. Without me, you can't do anything. And you want to be fruitful, then you abide in me. So we want to make sure that we stay abiding in him in every way. So we can become healthy in every way. And they will become strong citizens uh, here in the city. They could be life givers in our workplace, in our schools, in our families. Just be awesome people, you know. By the way, I completely forgot to say this to you, is my brother and sister loved coming here two weeks ago. They may be watching, I'm not sure, but the thing is though, hi, if you're watching, they're leaving tomorrow. They went to the North Island, they went with us, you know, to uh, whatever, we went all, all over, we went all over the place, walked to Abel Testimony, we went to Milford, and you name it, we did everything that we, you know, and it was for our 30th anniversary for Catherine and myself, and we combined it with theirs. Anyway, they came to the church here, and they said, man, 
we were so blown away by the prof professional thing of everything, the love, the songs, they almost started singing, and they just had like things that happening, and just the love of you guys and everything. They were completely overwhelmed, and they wanted us to thank you again for making them so uh, feel so welcome uh, in this church. So God bless you. Let's just be praying for them, and it's just uh, wonderful, and uh, our, our, our relationship has been renewed. You cannot spend nine days together, uh, the whole day together, every day together, and not something change. So I'm so grateful to you if you're watching, Francis. It's, uh, it's a new day for us, and uh, we love each other anyway. And we've got a great heritage and a great, uh, great future together. Amen? Amen? Amen. So we want to make sure that the life of prayer is very strong in our lives because everything flows out of a life of prayer. Our relationship with God really should be number one. It, it, that habit of spending time with Him should be number one. And it's often the first time that gets attacked in our lives. And so we've got to guard this thing in our lives. And uh, today, it's not over. Now, after 21 days of worship, prayer, and fasting, we're not suddenly now going to be like crazy again, right? And do whatever we want to do. I hope that for this time, that's the whole purpose, that we've actually put some things in place in your life that will continue to be in your life like this. See, because when you develop a habit of prayer or a lifestyle of prayer, then you defeat a whole bunch of other habits in your life. And the thing is, though, that's very powerful. I'll just say it again. When you develop a lifestyle or a habit of prayer, you will defeat a whole bunch of other um, habits in your life. When you focus on Him, you don't focus on something else. You don't focus on the Internet. Or Actually, we haven't even watched the news. Actually, you watched the news last night, Kathy, for the first time in two weeks, I think. I've not even had desire to watch the news. I've been so in love with Jesus and so enjoying. I've been busy too, but I've so enjoyed time with him. And so for me, I don't want to go back to what I was before because those little other habits can come back. I don't want to go there. I want to have my habit with Jesus. I want my focus to be Jesus, you know. I mean, if, if, if you look to the right, you can't look to the left. Well, some people can, but I, I can't. And, and, so, and so I want to be able to look to Jesus, and so I don't look to all the stupid things that I used to look at or whatever, you know? And so we focus on Jesus, and our lives start changing. It is so important, and the irritating things start to go away, and you become better husbands and wives and friends and work. Everything changes. I, I know that I have, maybe not majorly changed, but after ask Catherine, I guess, Catherine... <laughs> But, but I know, I know Catherine has changed. I, I've, I've watched her, what she's been doing. It's been absolutely amazing. Getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning, every morning, it's like, that is revival. Believe me. That is revival right there. She is not a morning person. She's an evening person. She'll play piano till 2 o'clock in the morning, write songs and be honest with God, but that don't touch her in the morning. And actually, my son is very like that, Jonathan. You know, they still, just don't, don't talk to them before 11 o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? And so, but she gets up at 7 o'clock in the morning, spends time with God. I was so inspired by her, you know, and then I did the same thing, you know. And uh, This is awesome what's been happening in our lives, and I'm sure that some things have happened in your life too, right? Yes? Okay. <laughs> I hope some things have happened in your life, you know. It's important. It's just aligning ourselves, you know. And it's amazing. When you align ourselves, you get really excited about the Lord because we spend time in His presence with fullness of love, joy, peace, power. All the beautiful stuff is with Him. So when you kind of connect with Him, all the stuff starts flowing, you know. And it's just wonderful. Things start changing. And then we can start believing also for the city, for our own lives, but also for the city that we can see revival and awakening in our city. And our city can be changed. Twenty people. Awesome. 
You know, we had, we had like three Fridays in a row. So last Friday was the last of three consecutive Fridays of praying here, right? And I was really encouraged because last Friday, just now, just now, we had close to 50 people here again. I mean, that, that's revival for any church. Then again, Brian, you know, Hodges, Chris Hodges got 18,000 every day getting together. So maybe we're not doing it well. He's changing his whole city and probably America uh, with his prayers. So the thing is, though, we're not there yet. And I would suggest that we kind of keep going and kind of keep... So we're going we're gonna to kind of every month come together. We're not going to let this go. So we're going to have monthly prayer meeting every whatever Friday. We're going we're gonna to come together here for prayer and worship. And we'll probably have them maybe some, you know, we're just going to go for it. And I love, thank you so much for those who really committed themselves to this. And it's absolutely wonderful that we come together because prayer actually changes things. Amen? Amen. So how has it been for you, the 21? It's been good? Yeah. Have you felt some shift in your life? Yeah. yeah. No, I, f- I felt that too. And, uh, you know, it was, it was for me, not, and the whole fast was not really about sacrifice. You know, the, we don't need to sacrifice. The thing is, well, it was for alignment. It was not really about sacrifice, but it was really about aligning with him, spending time with him. Awesome. Yielding, yielding, finding intimacy with him. You know, Apostle Hudson, who was here the other day, he talked about this. He prayed, and it was like a prophetic prayer. He says that he was, he was talking about us, many of us, finding, uh, finding, he said here, a new intimacy with God, that there would be a deep shift, a deep shift in each one of our lives and an aligning with God and a deep hunger for his presence, a deep hunger to spend time with him, a deep hunger for the word of God. And I think it's absolutely wonderful. That's what I want because then I know that God's purposes in my life and your life and the city will start to be fulfilled. I mean, Jesus gave his nations, right? I mean, the Father gave Jesus nations, so Jesus gives them to us, right? As our inheritance. Now, okay, let's start with New Zealand. It's not that big. It's only four and a half million people, you know? So let's start with New Zealand and then let's go for the other nations, although we can do both at the same time, surely too. But come on, let's start believing for in our lives that there is this thing. Man, we talked about the other day about Chuck Pierce, this, this, this prophetic word he had. After 40 years, there's a new generation and the cork is about to pop of an outpouring in this nation. Well, let's start believing it. I tell you something, it won't actually believe, work without you believing it and acting on it. Because there's nobody else. The angels will help you. But we can't help the angels. Well, we can't actually help the angels. We can do it together. But the thing is, though, it's like, the, you know what I mean? It's us he has empowered, us given the authority to start doing this kind of stuff. And these things will not happen without prayer. And so God is preparing this army of lovers, this army of prayers, this army of people who are intimate with him, who love him, who will carry the outpouring, who will carry what God wants to do in our love. And I love it. People who are passionately in love with Jesus. And I hope that when you come here in this church, even people who are new in this church, even the first day here, I hope that only one thing you learn in this church is to be passionate about Jesus. And if you are, I've done my job. Amen? I'll go somewhere else and do it over there. Passionate about Jesus. Revival. I looked up the word revival. I thought, let's check it out because I like this word revival. You know what this means? It means restoration to life, vigor, and strength. Restoration to life, vigor, and strength. Isn't that wonderful? So we can sense a reviving of ourselves and a reviving of the people coming to life in God, in the city, and those kinds of things. You know, other words that are related to this. Look at this. All re-words. 
resurgence, recovery, rejuvenation, reestablishment, reintroduction, restoration, reappearance, resurrection, resuscitation, relaunch, reinvestment, renewal, regeneration, revivification. Revivification. Everybody say revivification. It's funny. Re rebirth, regeneration, reanimation, renaissance. All re-words. It's amazing, isn't it? When we have revival, this starts happening. Other words that are not, not re-words are this. Awakening, advance. Very interesting, isn't it? Because we felt, you felt, us felt, the, the words were establishment and advance. And they're both in revival, which I thought very interesting. Comeback, betterment, improvement, picking up. Man, I think we need this. I need this. I need some revival in my life. I need some reviving in my life. So I said, Lord, pour it out. You know, pour it out in me. I want this stuff. I want to be reestablished and reignited and renewed and renaissance and read this and read that and woo, you know? It's awesome. Can you imagine if we're all like this? It'd be absolutely amazing. And I, I trust that these 21 days that you have been revived in some way. I know I have been. But let's keep going. Let's not, let's not say, okay, it's over now. Thank Jesus, you know, and then go for something else. Ridiculous. Thank Jesus for the 21 and keep going. Some of us have another 21. I mean, I'll do whatever, you know, just go keep going, you know. The power of prayer. There's such power when we draw towards the well, the source of life, the source of power in our lives, you know. We start touching heaven and things just start happening. And we start living from this place of intimacy in our lives. Honestly, it's just the most beautiful place to live for, to live from. <sighs> and mountains start to crumble, you know, in front of you. Big things that used to be very big become small, you know. And God just kind of either puts you over the top, which we did the other day with a helicopter. It's quite scary. But in Milford, you know, straight over the top. Incredible. Or you go down the valley, which we also did. First time we got all around the whole thing like this, the West Coast, you know. It's clouds, so we went down this whole thing. When we come back, it's the sun, we go over the top. Or sometimes you just go straight through it. Awesome. Whatever, whatever God wants to do, you just let him do it, you know. It's just amazing, you know. I mean, look at Simon and Jody being faithful. Keep on praying. All of us, keep on praying. Keep on believing. Keep on believing that God would do something. There's so much power in prayer, but there's so much power in persistent prayer. Actually, something in the Bible like that, James 5, that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. The fervent, effective prayer of a righteous. And it talks about Elijah, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Elijah was a man like that, see? He had a, he had a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly. That it would not rain and did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And then he prayed again. And the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. I love this in the Amplified Version. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous person, believer, can accomplish much. When put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic. Everybody say dynamic. And tremendously powerful. Come on, say that. Tremendously powerful. Elijah was a man with just a nation like ours with the same physical, mental, spiritual limitations, shortcomings. And he prayed intensely for it not to rain and did not rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed again and the sky gave rain and the land produced its crop. It's amazing. Do you know what fervent means? Fervent prayer means praying with a passionate intensity. Man, I love that. On Friday we were all here together. Now we're praying with a passionate intensity. There can be an intensity to our prayer life. And we're not only coming to a monthly prayer meeting for this, right? We're having passionately intensive prayer meetings by ourselves. Amen? Come on, in your life groups, in whatever you are. 
This is awesome. Let's just keep going. Patiently, intently, because things start to happen. James used Elijah to show what happens when you intensely, passionately, fervently, with power, start praying. Things start happening. It's absolutely amazing. So he gives the example of Elijah. He says that Elijah was just like you and me. What he means by that, he says, just like me and me, he, is, he has the same struggles. He has the same kind of fears and all kinds of stuff that we struggle with sometimes. He had those things. And some of these things that he had to do also seemed impossible. But it says in the word here, and that's what it's related to, the heartfelt, passionate, fervent, persistent prayer of the believer affects a lot, avails much, has a lot of results, right? So he takes that. And so through his prayer and through his persistency in his life, Elijah saw a mighty breakthrough and outpouring of water again at the end, literally, but also an awakening in that nation. Broke the drought, brought um, the down the enemies of God and released the power of God into that nation. You know, sometimes we, we feel the same. I know we're born again. I know we're kings and priests of our God. I know we have, you know, we're awesome, son of God. But the thing is, though, sometimes we don't feel that way. Sometimes we, we look at the fears and we think, Lord, can you really do that? You know, Simon and Joy, can you really do that, you know? And, and, and things, can you really do that? And, and then, you know, inadequacies come in. And then we, we feel that somehow that we don't qualify for God to, to hear our prayers. But that's not the case, is it? Because it is not about you, is it? It's not about how you feel, it's not about you think, or the struggles, or even what state you are in. God is faithful in his prayers. The truth is that prayers are powerful. That prayers are powerful and that God honors prayer. When you pray, something always happens, even if you don't see it straight away. Something always happens because you connect your faith to God and to his resource, all the stuff, the spirit, and things start to happen in your life. Every time you pray and connect with God, something is released between you and heaven. But I'll tell you something else too. If you don't have that connection with God, then your life can become stale and be boring. And then the church again, you know. And yeah. Like that kind of stuff. And where does that come from? I mean, it's the most wonderful place. I mean, I love the most wonderful thing. I love worship more, more drumming more than preaching. I mean, I, I love both. But the thing is, I love worship. They want to be spend time with people in worship. I mean, look forward to it. I can't wait to Sunday. To, I like to have every day Sunday in the sense of worship. I love worshiping God. I love spending time in his presence, connecting with God. And then your life is alive. We talked about last week, about two weeks ago, about us being alive in God. Where you're alive, where you're connected to the life source, right? Come on, if you're not connected, you start wondering a little bit. And things. So before you know it, I know people right now who are not in church. And you look, you look at them. I'm not judging. I'm just saying to you, I look at them. All kinds of wheels are falling off. Sorry. Those who flourish in the house, planted in the house of God, they will flourish. Come on, guys. Stay, stay with the game. Stay with the play. Stay with the people. Stay in accountability. Stay in love. Stay in encouragement. Come on. It's really important. You're very quiet here. Come on. But when we connect our lives to God, you know what happens is that we get certain enrichment of the rich nature of God in our lives. I said it differently. I said we were being enriched with the riches from another world. We are enriched with the riches from the life of God. We see this in Ephesians. Look at this. Never doubt. 
God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. He is talking about prayer. He's talking here about prayer. Don't doubt when you pray that things start happening. Come on, he will overwhelm you. He is greater than your greatest request. He is more unbelievable than your unbelievable dreams. And he is wilder than your wildest imagination. And that happens when we spend time with him. Things start happening because you connect to the God of the universe. Come on, man. What if we all did this? What if the whole church did this worldwide in New Zealand? Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Whoa, unstoppable. I'm getting excited about that. Are you excited about this? Yeah. You can stand if you want to. You don't have to sit the whole time, but it's fine if you don't stand. I mean, I'm standing. It's a bit more freedom. You know that? <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Elijah for a moment. So Elijah is this amazing prophet, right, in Israel. One of the most amazing prophets that ever existed in the, in, in the history of Israel. Power and just miracles. Just an unbelievable guy, right? And so uh, he was told by God to, to stop something. And some prayers stop something, some prayers release something, and he asked to stop. So he, in the story was here, there was a three and a half year drought, which actually had something to do with two, three and a half years ago. But we're not talking, three and a half yeah, years ago, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about, we're coming into the story right now here in, um, in 1 Kings uh, 17, 18. And so the story is here, there's a three and a half year drought, there's been no rain, the crops have been failing. It's a really, nothing's producing. It's a really, really bad thing. And then God tells Elijah to go up the mountain, Mount Carmel, and to destroy the enemies of God. To destroy the spiritual bondage that is in the invisible world. It was right there. Now, I'll tell you something. In our world, in our invisible world, there are forces around you and I too. Producing good and bad. We are in a, in a warfare together. But I can tell you something too. When we start praying... When we start spending time with God, we bring that power and that connection into our homes, into our businesses, into our schools, into our church. It's powerful. We connect with Him, and we will flee. But I'll tell you something else. If you don't do that, if you don't start connecting anymore, but you start just being whatever, and then somehow, hey, these thoughts are coming. Where are they coming from? Hey, you know, just watch it, guys. Watch it, what we're doing in our lives. When we pray, things happen. We will never be greater than our prayer life. Now, I've been really challenged by that. Our church will never be greater than our prayer life. You and I will never be greater than our prayer life. Now, I've, I said to you honestly before, I'm not such a great prayer. Now, in the sense of sitting down, you know what I mean? Probably some people intercede, they can sit for hours in a room, in a chair. Now, it drives me absolutely bonkers to sit there for so long. I'm, I'm totally type A, although I've released most of my... Um, my um, Addictions of coffee and sugar and drugs. Oh, I never had drugs. Um, what? Whatever. Things. I'm on the Holy Spirit drug, which is a great drug to have. Um, but the thing is, though, I, I, I don't do that. But I do pray the whole day through. I always talk to God. I always pray with Him. I have my spa. I love my spa. And I, that's my cave. And I spend a lot of time with God. And the most amazing thoughts like this all come to me all the time. It's just the Holy Spirit speaking to me. But I don't. Prayer is not just. Still, though, I don't. Strong prayer, you know? But I've really come to see the last couple of weeks as we've gone through this thing, and I've really had the renaissance in my life, a revival, if you like, to really start spending time. And that's why it was the thing of fasting, because I work so hard and I run so fast that I just don't take time. And, and so 
And it's all good stuff I'm doing. It's always stuff to do, you know. And the more people, the more problems, the more this, the more that. And the thing is, there's always stuff to do. But God has really challenged me. He said, no, make sure that you have times, in the morning, at night, whenever, that you just slow down. And that's what the fast all about. I've not been eating basically after 7 o'clock at night. And then we, we normally put our social media, I've not been perfect at it, uh, away my phone because I was crazy, you know. And then, and, then, and then just spend time with Jesus. Just read a book and just pray and just worship and stuff like that. And that's what we're talking about. And, and I hope that all of us will find this beautiful time with God every day and every week, you know, that we can spend time in his presence, in his life. You know, and this will empower everything that we do. You know, when you come to God and you have problems and things, questions and whatever, with him, you get the beautiful exchange, remember? We exchange our weakness for his power. Our disappointment for his appointment, you know, all the stuff, you know. And it's just so, uh, uh, you know, lack of joy for his joy. And so there's an exchange, you know. We're going to celebrate that next week in the, with communion. But I'm kind of finishing next week this thing, not today. I'll also finish some stuff today, the 21st end. But next week I'm actually really finishing. Um, so come back next week, it's going to be awesome. Um, and we're going to have communion, we're going to be awesome. Uh, but the thing is, though, you know, Spend time with him because things exchange. Guidance comes in your life. Things come to your life. Encouragement comes to your life. Ideas come into your life. Spend time with God. Amen? See, the first part of James says this. Anyone is suffering, let him pray. Anyone cheerful, let him sing psalms. Anyone sing, sick, sorry, let him call for the elders of the church and pray for him or her, which we did with, um, with Jody. Anointed with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him or her up. There's so much power in healing, in, in, uh, in prayer like this. But we've got to connect, guys, to the power source. A computer will not work. Catherine couldn't find her, her, uh, con- uh, her um, what do you call this thing? Power cord the other day. Where's power cord? The thing's dying, you know. The computer won't work without the power cord. Your car will not work without the engine. A flight is not, the plane is not going into the air without an engine. Something, we need the power source. We need to plug into the Holy Spirit. And not to say, yeah, but he lives in me. Yes, he does. But like I said last time, sometimes it's Jesus, just a roommate. He just sits on the other bed and you don't even talk to him. He's done everything for you. All spiritual blessings has been given to you. It's amazing. But sometimes we just don't even connect with that stuff. So I think intently, intentionally connecting with God, and then we see amazing things in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. All the revivals, all the revivals from the past that we've seen, that the major revivals all happened through prayer and through intercession and through spending time with God and just like this. So we want to see the stuff in our city, in our nation. So excited. I'm so excited. This, this Thursday, we're going to pray together uh, with, a, with, a, with a whole bunch of pastors again. We're going to do this every month, and it's going to increase the, of that. Do you know that we are, I, said, I told the, the prayer group on Friday night, do you know that uh, some of the guys in our city, some friends of ours, have actually bought a house in Ferry Road. It's going to be a 24-hour uh, prayer and worship house where many of us can access, and we will go, we have prayer meetings there, there's a little room, for fit about 50, 70 people, and it's just going to be 24-hour prayer and worship, and things will start to happen, it's right here, so in the center of town, and it's also one on the hill, and things will start to happen as we start growing this prayer, I only see still two or three people, guys, before the service in the morning, two or three people right there in the top praying, the faithful remnant, guys, everybody, I wish there was, like, all of us would go, we can't even fit in that room, and after a while, we're having a prayer meeting right here at 9 o'clock, before 10 o'clock, because we want to see revival in our city. I hope that we're going to get, get to that place, that we're going to all pray together and come earlier and say, man, we just want this stuff so bad. 
You know, we still want to spend time with Jesus. Anyway, here we go. Then we go to, um, so Elijah, the Bible says that Elijah prayed. And he prayed. And things happened. After, at the end of the, the drought, that he says that God says he wants to reign on the land. It's in the story of 1 Kings 17 and 18. And what he actually first wants to do, God wants to first do a contest. So he told Elijah, I want you to have a contest between the false gods, Baal, and, then, and, and the true God, me. And you do a contest uh, like that. So I want you to go up the top of Mount Carmel, and I want you to invite the 400 prophets of Baal, uh, who were looked after by the king's wife, that was Jezebel. And I want you to do this. Now, we were at Mount Carmel last year, um, uh, in Israel, it was an amazing time. So we've got two photos. One photo, let's put the first one up. That's basically a statue of, this is Jared. You know Jared? <laughs> Crazy guy. A friend of ours. And uh, Jared, and I made a photo of him there. And this is wonderful um, picture, uh, so a statue of, of Elijah. As he, of course, in the end, with this big sword, of course, at the end, he slayed all these people. And then there's another photo there. The same place, just on the other side. Hey, it's me and my son, Jonathan. And so it's the same area, so the statue is over there, and here is the thing, because I thought it was so fun to show you guys, or oh, you can't see the bottom here. Uh, can you show this? Probably not, hey? Uh, it is on the photo, but that's actually Armageddon right in the background. So it's on the same mountain, you can see where, where all stuff happened. You can see straight to Armageddon, which will have, you know, the big end of the century, end of the world fight. And it says actually Megiddo. Megiddo is, um, is, is Armageddon. Anyway, so here he is. Here, here, here is, he is, he is Elijah by himself, and all the prophets are with him. Four hundred of the prophets. He says, "Okay, let's do a contest. Whatever God answers by fire, that will be our God." Agreed? They agree. Wonderful. You first. Here we go. In one Kings, the Bible go first. He says, "So they took the bull. This, this is the, the prophets. They took the bull, was given to them, and they prepared. I'm going to go fast because I'm losing time. And they called the name of Baal from morning to evening, saying, "Oh Baal, hear us." But there was no voice, no, no one answered. And they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry out, for he is a God. Either he's meditating or he's busy or he's on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping or he must be awakened. So they cried even louder, cut themselves as the custom was with knives and lances <laughs> until blood gushed out of them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid any attention. So here he is, these guys are getting louder and louder, they dance more firmly, cutting themselves, gushing blood everywhere. Nothing is happening. Absolutely nothing. And so in the, in the middle of this whole thing, Elijah is mocking them. Hey, maybe God's gone to the mall. Where is your God, you know? He's not around. He's maybe sleeping. Go awake them. And it's just mocking. Can you imagine he's one guy against 400 of those prophets, you know? He is so bold in his own way. And then after eight hours, he said, now stop it. I'll have a turn. I've had enough of this stuff, you know. Let me have a turn. So he builds an altar, and he puts the bull on the altar, and then he puts water on it. And not just a little bit of water. Buckets and buckets of water to get it completely soaking wet. One of the reasons why he did this, so they know you can't put a little lighter underneath, you know, say it's all certainly the fire like this, but God. Soaking, soaking wet. Now, the amazing thing I thought about this is in a three-and-a-half-year drought, the last thing you want to do is use your precious water. But he is just going for it because he knows water is coming, right? 
But anyway, he's using this stuff. But even this illustration is so powerful in your, in your life. When you need something, pour it out. When you need something, pour it out. I love it in the kingdom. Give and you receive. You need some help? Go help some people. It's amazing what help will come to you. You need some love? Oh, you need some love me. You need some love? Go love some people. It's amazing what comes back to you. You need finance? Start giving finance away. That's how the kingdom works. I love this. This is a little thin illustration right in the middle of it. So the altar is absolutely soaking wet. And so then he has a simple prayer. And it came to pass at the time of the offering and the evening sacrifice, the light to the prophet came near. He says, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I'm your servant, that I've done all these things at your word. Hear me, O God, O Lord, hear me, that, this, that these people, these people may know you, that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Boom! That woke some of you up. Boom! Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the bird sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked it up the water even that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw this, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. This fire of God completely obliterates this whole sacrifice. Not just the bull, everything goes. The stones, the wood, even the, the dust and the water, it's all gone. And the people are just like standing there, you know. And say, man, he is God. It's amazing. And then, of course, he has to, it's Old Testament, he has to slay all these guys. So he slays, that's what his big knife was about. He slays those 400 uh, prophets. I'm glad we don't have to do this in the New Testament. Um, that would be quite a mess, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> this, you know. And then the drought ends. Then the drought starts ending, Catherine. And the band come up. Now listen to this, what's happening here. Stay with me, right? Stay with me. Come on, stay with me. Look at this. 1 Kings 18. Then Elijah said to Ahab, the king, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundant rain. Of abundance of rain. There is the sound of abundance rain. Abundance of rain. There is no rain anywhere. But he knows what happened. He knows prophetically rain is coming. I said rain is coming. I believe rain is coming. I believe rain is coming for this nation, for our city, for your life. Rain is coming. And you know why it's not just this, this, this wishful thinking? It's because God wants it. He wants every person to be saved. He wants every person to come to the knowledge of Christ. So we know that we're not just kind of so wishful thinking. We know like He knew. Because he knew what was going to happen. God says, I want to break this drought and I want to use you with your prayers. And he prayed persistently. Rain is coming. Tell your neighbor, rain is coming. Come on, rain is coming. It's going to get wet. Say to your neighbor, it's going to get wet. It's going to get wet. I believe it. It's going to get wet, guys. I believe this prophetically. And it's not again in a vacuum. Because God said so. He is just waiting for you and me to say yes. We're going to do this together with you. Let it rain. Let it rain. I thought about the song, let it rain. Let it rain. Pour it out, Lord. Pour out the rain. Pour out the rain in our lives. I want you to stand right now. You can't sit with that stuff. Pour out the rain. Pour out the rain, Lord. Pour it out in our lives. 
pour it out in our city. Come on, let's change from hearing into intercession for the city and prophetically declare in our nation, in our city, in our lives, the people that we know who need Christ. Pour it out, Lord. Pour out your Holy Spirit, Lord. Let it rain, Lord. Let it rain, Lord.